Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Conn. I'm delighted to be joined by Record Sports Cakes One. How are you? Yeah, good, Daniel. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, I think that there's only really one thing in the agenda this week as far as Celtic are concerned. Uh, obviously, the, the game against Lazio on Tuesday night. Uh, before we go, get on to the kind of rather depressing score, you were you were there. Um, what was the atmosphere like? What was the stadium like? Was that, you know, a good trip? Yeah, excellent trip, Daniel. Um, every time you get the pleasure to go away, it's it's great to go and see these these <coughs> other stadiums and see how other fan bases and enjoy the games in other countries. It was. Um, I remember being in the the stadium four years previously when Celtic played there in the Europa League, and I think it's fair to say there wasn't really the same fervour amongst the home support for that. Whether they weren't quite as up for the Europa League, Celtic obviously had a, a huge. I think it was about nine thousand that were there that night. Obviously, it was only maybe just under a, or more than a third than that the other night. There was a lot more Lazio fans, and yeah, it was a, just like it was in Madrid and in final. The atmospheres were absolutely terrific. So, yeah, it was a it was a really good atmosphere, really good trip. It's a fabulous stadium. Guys of a, a certain age like myself remember the old Gazetta, watching that and watching the goals going in from from places like like that. So yeah, it was great. It was a great trip. I, I feel like all the all the modern stadiums are just like big bowls. Like they don't have much personality. I like stadiums like that that are kind of a bit of a throwback. Um, I think there's very few, there's very few stadiums in the modern era that can carry off still having a track, a running track around them. Because you look at that and you always think mm, it doesn't look very good. But the Olympic Stadium in Rome is one of those that can get away with it. It still looks great. You mentioned that kind of famous win in, in 2019. And I think that kind of partly gave Celtic fans hope going into this game. That and the fact that Lazio 10th in Serie A, they're not having a great season. Um, but on the game on the game itself, Yang and Forrest on the wings, I guess there wasn't really much choice for Brendan Rodgers, was there? I mean, with Maeda out, with Palmer suspended? No, we spoke prior to the game, Daniel, um, about the really the only prospect of a change may have been in formation, whether may have, Celtic may have gone to three at the back, tried to play Taylor and Johnson as wing-backs, went another way, but we know that that's not really the way Brendan Rodgers wants to play it. He, he's got his own system in place with it with the two wide man supporting the striker. So, given the given that system and the resources available, that always looked like being the two that, that we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikey Johnson came on later in the game, but yes, Celtic have Tuesday night was similar to other games where key personnel have, haven't been available. So Celtic at no point in the Group E campaign have been able to get their first pick 11 on the team, yeah. uh, on the pitch, I should say. That's a good um, point. That, that is... Essential. Now, we can then go on to all the other discussions and all the other debates which are taking place just now about squad depth, spend, where Celtic have ended up, how it's been allowed to get to that situation. But if you take all that aside and just look at the bare fact, 
of the, the current squad as it is, Celtic never got a chance to play the first pick team. Mm-hmm. Aye, no, you're right, you're spot on, eh? Um, obviously, the kind of over, overarching view is that Celtic need quality. I mean, Brendan Rodgers said that after the game. Um, on Just on the game itself, though, I feel like this was particularly disappointing, this one. It, it felt like a familiar movie, but this felt a bit sore because they were really average, Lazio, I thought. Really, really average. In the Champions League, that's probably as easy a group as you'll get, you know, without being disrespectful. Immobile was brilliant when he came on, but up to that point, it, it was there for Celtic if they could put something together. Yeah, we'd obviously spent a fair bit of time with the Italian media prior to the game. We'd obviously done our research on how Lazio were getting on, then we were speaking to the guys there, we went to the press conference. There was definitely a feeling amongst the, the locals that Lazio were under pressure, they weren't playing well. Obviously, Maurizio Sarri's under a bit of pressure. Um, when the game started, I, I, I thought, my own perspective, I thought Lazio started pretty well. Mm-hmm. First 10, 15 minutes, they engineered a couple of chances. You thought they were, they didn't, they didn't look like a struggling team, but then Celtic started to get a little bit of a grip on the game. And you, then you started to see the signs that there's a lack of confidence in there. I think it was one or two of the Lazio lads that were playing that weren't necessarily first picks either. Um, they looked to be a bit short of confidence. You could feel the crowd starting to get on them towards the end of the first half. <coughs> Excuse me. Certainly the start of the second half when Celtic did start really well, um, relatively speaking, um, and and looked dangerous. The crowd were really getting on top of them. And Brendan Rodgers said after the game going into the last 20 minutes that he felt Celtic were a team in ascendancy and were the ones that could win it. And that was the feeling I got inside the stadium. I think um, most of us sitting in the media section, felt that if anyone was going to go and win it, it was going to be Celtic. Obviously, with the caveat that we have seen many times in the past, things can go wrong at the drop of a hat for Celtic in the Champions League, and it did again. But <laughs> at that stage, Celtic looked strong. Um, yeah. And it was a game, and listen, it's just one of the ifs and buts, and none of it really matters, because I, you have to be honest and say that Lazio had players missing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, a club of Lazio's size with the finances can maybe carry it a little bit better than Celtic. But there's always that nagging thing, as I say, I've seen bots. If Celtic's first pick team is on the pitch with Hatati, Rio Hatati and Palmer and Maida, you think they might have won that game? You know, if Lazio were the team that played the way they did, Celtic mm-hmm. could have gone on and won it. But I suppose that's all irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. Celtic had the personnel that they had and they just couldn't get it done, but... It was definitely winnable. There's no doubt about that. It was winnable. Just as the game was in, against Lazio in Glasgow. It's exactly the same. Celtic could easily have won it and ended up losing it. I feel like I'm, I'm going to end up going around the houses similar to uh, after the Atletico game, but I feel like it, it has to be asked. Brendan Rodgers pleading for more quality. I think the striker is the one area that, that certainly a lot of fans seem to be talking about. He went to up front, to be fair, when he was chasing the game, but... Do you think he will get the backing in January? Do you think this will lead to anything more significant, spending-wise? I, I, th- I don't think there's any doubt that Brendan Rodgers will get back, and I'm, I'm convinced of that. Um, Celtic mm. have money in the bank. Um, whether it's whether exactly the ones that Brendan Rodgers wants are available in January, then sometimes January can be a tricky market. Um, but I do think he'll be back. I have no doubt about that, and uh, I think we said on the the podcast after the game in, against Atletico in Madrid that the planning for the Champions League next season has to start 
with the January window. You yeah. have to get guys in and get them bedded in and get them so that they're not just arriving and they've only played four or five games or whatever. At the very worst, try and get them in in June or early July for the start of pre-season and make sure they're ready to go because Celtic weren't ready to go for this campaign. And I'm 100% sure, having listened to Brendan Rodgers and having spoken to him, that he knows that, that you know that, that the team will need to be built for that and, and to get ready in time. And he'll have his targets and... I'm sure he'll be back. The big question for all Celtic fans and, and for everyone in the media is as well, to, to what tune? We, mm-hmm. we don't know. I mean, what, what, what we've spoken about it time and again. Do they do they up the stakes in the market, the transfer fees and the salaries? Celtic have spent what is good money for Celtic in, in Scottish football terms. Mm-hmm. You know, £6 million on Cameron Carter-Vickers and £6 million on Jota shows that they're not averse to doing it. Yeah. But again, if you come back to the Champions League, what... Six million, you could buy four six million pound players, or even three seven million pound players. Is it really going to qualify you in the Champions League? I'm not sure, but that's not the point. You should be trying. So we'll have to wait and see how the backing, how the backing is done, how they go about it. Will there be a change slightly to the model, or will it be the same? That that's that's the questions that everyone's waiting to to see and hear being answered. I'm kind of debating with friends after the game, you know, a lot of opinions flying about and stuff. You, you touched on it there. A lot of the, the idea that keeps coming up is we don't want, you know, eight players at £2 million each. We want one 10, £15 million player. And whilst obviously Celtic have got £70 million in the bank and all that, I think it's the wages. I think I'm right in saying that, you know, if you go and this player's £15 million, right, we've got the £15 million, but he's going to want, what, the guts of... I don't know, 50, 60 grand a week at least. And Celtic, yeah. Celtic can't afford that. I just, I, I, I actually have a bit of sympathy for the board in, in the sense that they're getting a lot of stick for the Champions League record, but I don't know how you reconcile that. How do you bridge that gap? You, I don't see how they can. I, I, I feel I don't want to repeat myself. Um, but we had Again, we had this conversation after Madrid. That is the issue. That is the issue. The, the players come with a salary premium that costs whatever the, whatever the transfer fee is relates into what you pay in salary and you have a situation where we talked about it before maybe some you know some clubs and listen Celtic might be exactly the same the dressing room every all the agents and everybody all might be delighted if a couple of 10 million pound players come in and get paid double what everybody else is getting paid if it helps them win Champions League game maybe they will I don't know I maybe they won't maybe there's a structure and that's it it seems to be that there's a level that Celtic will go to and that's it and that's fair. Every every club's got that. Celtic have their set, and it means you go for a certain standard of player, and that's just how it is. I have sympathy myself in this one. Um, what I do think they have to do, and what I think is imperative, and I wrote about it today, is in the model that Celtic are currently operating in, you have to get it spot on. You have to plan it, and you have to get the right ones. They are out there. Rio Hitati didn't cost a lot of money. Dyson made it, I think, because I know we've spoken about the Asian market and, 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 and Celtic got into it quickly. But there will be other diamonds out there for three, four million pounds. You don't have to spend ten million pounds to get a diamond player. I mean, my, what my Celtic fans don't spending. want to see, what Celtic fans don't want to see is a stockpile of three million pound players sitting on the bench or not in the squad. No. That's what they don't want to see. They don't want to see and nor should they. No one wants that. Yeah, the Celtic are trying to buy two and three million pound players in the hope of them developing into top 
you know, top, top potential stars that can then go for big money. It can't, I mean, look at Jota. They had to pay six for Jota. Okay, Benfica got their selling, but you, they got their, what, 25 million for him? Yeah, if if yeah. someone came for Cameron Carter-Vickers and they paid six million pounds for they'd probably get 15 for him. So yeah. it just depends how you want to play it. And But I definitely think that they have to be better in who they get. They have to be better. You know, when Hatati arrived, when Matt O'Reilly arrived for £1.5 million, Matt O'Reilly was delivering the money he walked in the door. And then the midfield players who came in the summer, Odin Thiago home, £2 million, still hasn't proved himself. He's having opportunities in the first team, hasn't done it yet. He's been here for four months. Yeah. You know, Matt O'Reilly was doing it inside four days at Tynecastle on his debut. That's how it has to be. They have to come in and they have to make an impact and contribute immediately. And like I say, I don't think Celtic fans have a mass. My own view is, if that's the model, Celtic fans don't have a problem with Celtic buying four £2 million players in January if they all come in and contribute. But if another four £2 million players come in and end up sitting in the bench, that's pointless. That's the key. It's not what you spend, it's how you spend it sometimes. What what's your do you, do you get a, a gut feeling that maybe the level Celtic are spending that will change? Or do you think it's unlikely? I'm not all man to ask. I mean my gut feeling my gut feeling is they would be perfectly well prepared to spend the the type of six million, seven million, maybe even eight million that they did, you know. Six millions for Carlton Vickers and Jota. I think they would go to sevens and eights. I'm, I'm pretty convinced they would if the right player became available. Yeah, the right players became available, but only this, only the Celtic board have the answer to that. We will find that out in due course. But yeah, I do think they would. I think if I think if, if Brendan Rodgers goes to Celtic and says that I've got one here and he's he's eight million pound, he's nine million pound. I think they might. I think they would do it. I think they would buy the manager. I think they would do it. They've yeah. got the money there to do. It. Providing the wage, as we as we keep saying, isn't ridiculous. If, if if an agent involved says, yeah, that's great, he's £8 million, but I want 75 grand a week, it's not going to happen. So all the pieces have to fit. No. I think with um, the Premiership champions going straight into the, the Champions League next season as well, I think you're spot on when you say it has to start in January because it's, it's too, you know, if you start trying to buy players in June, July, it's too late, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be gone probably. Um, yeah, Nisa, and also, you're, I, 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 I clubs... June and July spending should almost be sorted in January or February. Aye. You should know who you're buying. Because it doesn't football these days doesn't work in, oh, it's July, right? That's great. Let's go out and buy some players. It's planned miles in advance. It needs to be planned miles in advance. That's why I've said that the plan, you know, there might be ones that Brendan Rogers wants to get for Europe next year, but he knows he it can't happen in January, maybe. But the groundwork should be getting laid for getting them. Mm-hmm. as in conversations being had or with the clubs or whatever and things like that, that can be done and find out, listen, will this guy come in June? Can we get him? Right, good, we can bank on that. Um, and I also think Celtic, we're talking about Europe, I think they have to, I think they have to just, say, listen, there's a lot of players to come back. You know, Real Atati will come back, Leo Labada will come back, you know, important players, Maida will come back. Celtic just have to show up just to make sure they get that guaranteed Champions League money if they want it next year. Because, you know, the, the, we're not even halfway point of the league yet. And 
although it was kind of forgotten and because in the middle of the Champions League stuff, Celtic got away with one last weekend. They dropped two points on my mother. Well, it could easily have been pulled back a little bit again. So nothing's taken nothing's taken for granted. Celtic can't afford just to take the title for granted and you know start planning for Champions League. You know, there has to be a bit of it to make sure that everything's okay for the second half of the season too. Right. Absolutely. Miles away from being a foregone conclusion, definitely. No. Um I think Rogers, I mean Every manager is going to say they want new players, but I do think the other night it really hammered home when you looked at the bench. There was no, I mean, aside from all maybe, who was going to come on and change that game? I mean, nobody really, without being harsh. No Turnbull come on as well, and you know he's had a he's had a good season. But I think Rogers is right. I think they, they need an injection of someone to come in, as you say, who can deliver right away. You know, they need two or three of those players. Really, I think everyone knows that. I think all the supporters know it as well. I mean. Again, I keep half feel as well. I keep repeating myself. <laughs> if they have everyone available, they have a good team, and yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, at Champions League level, your guys coming off the bench or some of the starters the other night, and you think, well, they've got half a chance. Mm-hmm. So, in in that position, you can't you don't build a squad based on what might happen with injury. If you know what I mean, you can't you can't do that. You can't buy six centre halves just in case two get injured to make sure you've still got four. It doesn't work like that. No club does that in the world, well, unless you're Chelsea and you're spending a hundred billion. But um, yeah, there's no Brendan Rodgers wasn't saying anything that any Celtic supporter can't see. It's glaring, and again, it comes back to the two million pounds and the three million pounds that were spent last summer weren't clearly weren't spent well enough mm-hmm. because none of those boys could be shouted upon. Yang is 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 showing flashes. And, and and did okay the other night. I mean, you can have, you can blame him for anything. But if Dyson Maida and Lewis Palmer and Leila Bada are available, Yang's not playing. No, no. And and he's probably not coming off the bench either. Those are three and, big. And what, what was that? What was that transfer fee? Two two point something. I two two and a half million or something. That's that's, that's good. You know, I can't really afford to be squandering that. And you put together that fee, the money for Quan. Lager Bielka, um, even home, you know, it's the, it's, the, it's the argument we've just talked about. You know, that's that's an eight million pounds, ten million pound player. Yeah, and then and in that situation, you add all that up, and the Celtic fans would have loved one eight million pound guy Aye. instead of all those transfer fees adding up to that. And I, I do think I, I feel I'm repeating myself now as well, but it's not even just the fee and the wages for me. It's the age as well. I would love to yep. see Celtic sign, you know, a 29, 30-year-old who's been and done it in the Champions League. Just yep. a wee bit of um, experience, really, for the other night because, you know, Celtic played well in patches the other night, had the, you know, dominated possession, but it was the same old movie, you know, losing it late on to a bit of quality. I would, I would just yep. love no, it. No, I couldn't agree more. And if, if my memory serves me correctly, it was a busy week and a lot of things were going on. I'm pretty sure Brendan Rodgers said experience as well as quality. Didn't he in the press conference when I asked him, or someone asked him, I'm pretty sure he said equality and a bit of experience or something like that. But yeah, of course. I mean, with 20 minutes to you, listen, it's now now with 20 minutes to go. You'd love to stick a wily old dog on there. You know, a, a, a record sport columnist, a Chris Sutton on there at 30. Go on, go on, you go, Chris, go and you know, go and hold it up when there's a few free kicks, guys up the pitch, kind of thing, you know. But that's they just don't they don't have enough of them. I feel every transfer is is bought with an with an eye of, you know, we're selling for a big profit, and I I, I just think maybe sacrifice that once or twice, you know, 
I think that, I think that may I think that time may be coming. No. I genuinely believe that time may be coming. Now, for you to buy an experienced player that's absolutely top level, you're then talking silly money, Aye. which is not going to happen. So you're going to have to trade a little bit off. But again, there must be ones out there. There must be. Coming Aye. in the last year of the contract, for example, somewhere that you can get for seven, eight million who are top. You know, I'm, I'm and, and I've experienced at the level. It has to be. And Brendan Rodgers are. That's important. When all is said and done, and he gets criticism for what's what, what's happened in Europe with the results, but I would defy any manager to get to have got much more from the team this season, and what and the and the players that he had available to him to get much more out of this group in terms of performance. Madrid was obviously a write-off. But if you go through each individual game, which we've done, the circumstances of Feyenoord, we know what it was like before that. The performance at home against Lazio was good. Madrid was good. It wasn't a great game the other night. I don't think Lazio or Celtic were brilliant, but they were in there, they were fighting, they were competing, they were still in the game with 10 minutes to go. You know, I defy most men. Brendan Rodgers, to me, knows what he's doing. He's a top manager. He knows what he needs. So it's all going to come down to what he can get. Nice. What? Uh, where Where are the club going to go? What are they going to give them? That's, from, that's what we need to find out. I pronounce it. See, we're talking about the planning as well, Daniel. It's very important to remember that when these players that we've talked about in the last couple of windows, those signings took place while Jakimakis was sold, Jaranovic was sold, Jota was sold. Because if you're buying players in on this model, then it stands to reason that they're going to leave. Now, if you look at the team the other night, I'll be staggered if Celtic don't have a rake of bids for Matt O'Reilly next summer. Aye. You have to be planning almost as if Matt O'Reilly's going to be sold. It's because someone's going to pay 20 million quid for him. Yeah, that's, that's how you have to think because if, if that's the model buy young polish them up and sell them on for profit well Matt O'Reilly would have been there for what two and a half years come next summer yeah that's his optimum time to go and it, and I think a new contract's just been signed so that you can demand top dollar so yeah. you have to think about that as well it's not just adding to who's already there there's going to be more of the core of the team might go mm-hmm. that has to be considered as well when, yeah. you're, when you're planning for what's coming next so it's just a constant, it's just an ongoing thing. But I think the Celtic fans need, Brendan Rodgers needs to see, or needs to get, sorry, and the Celtic fans need to see good stuff happening in January. Aye. And I, I suspect there will be good business done in January. So I, certainly some business. I definitely think you're right in saying that. I mean, obviously, he's, he's you know, takes some of the responsibility, but I, I don't think Rodgers can, can take any of the, the real blame. Like you say, from the outside looking in, Celtic got one point from five games. But they've been competitive in every game yeah. bar second half in, in Madrid. But it's not flawless. I mean, no manager's flawless. I'm sure he will look himself and the fans will look and say, well, if he'd have done that, or maybe he should have done that, or right. if he'd have come on then, or you know, but I'm talking about in the overall, you know, right. maybe a change of system in Madrid before that game with the resources available, that kind of thing. But you know, you can pick holes and everything, and you know, but you know that guy can come on earlier. Why did he start? You can pick. I'm just talking about the overall. No. I, I don't think I don't think many managers could have done much more with the squad and the players that he had at his, at his disposal for each game. And looking ahead, uh, Swanee, this weekend, Sunday, Celtic at McDermott Park. It's not going to be easy. Craig Levine back. He'll, I'm sure, will do everything he can to make it a difficult game. Uh, and it generally, it's. it's Celtic are now in this really important run. Hibs, Kilmarnock, the Feyenoord game, Hearts, and then obviously Rangers at the end of the month. 
this this could define the season in the next few weeks. It's a massive period, a massive period because the league, the, the way the the way the season is structured in Scotland. We all know it. We've seen it often enough. You play over half. You know, you play the bulkier league games before the the break at, at Christmas, um, or just after Christmas. I'm trying to remember now. I don't want to make a mistake here, but I think it was COVID last week. I can't remember how many games it has exactly. Is it six or seven still to go? League games before yeah. January 2. Yeah. It, could, it could be more than that. Can't remember. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, but it's such an important period in the season. It always is. Um, last year, there was the period before the World Cup break um, and Celtic barely didn't drop a point and opened up a gap that Rangers were never going to claw back. Now, as I said, Celtic got away with one last weekend with the drop points. Uh, home to Motherwell Celtic don't want a, a, that gap getting any closer before they break on January 2 and if they increase it they'll probably put one hand on the on the, on the title again No, you can't put one hand on the title can you I was going to say trophy <laughs> but I got that wrong but you know what I mean you know if they extend it anymore um, in that period because the nearest challengers we all know are going to be Rangers if Rangers go and win the League Cup they get a massive lift from it if we beat Aberdeen in the final we all saw how that worked for Ange Postecoglou's team um, in his first season. They got their hands on the on the League Cup just before Christmas, gave everyone a lift. I think Celtic were six points behind at that point. I fell six points behind again after they won it when they dropped points to St. Man the following midweek. Yeah. And they still managed to haul it back round. So Celtic know this is in a really important period. And also, I, I think, we spoke about this, listen, people may argue with me and think, oh, well, does it really matter? But Celtic keep getting... Stats launched at them, and you're the worst team, and this and that. Callum McGregor answered it, and you know it's not this group's problem that all of these things have happened in the past. But that final game at Celtic Park, the Champions, is a big game. It's a big Aye. game, of course. Celtic, so. go and win that game. Not only does it get you a few quid in the bank, but it stops people talking about you haven't, you haven't, you're the worst British team, and all of that stuff. That puts that to bed. You win a game, great. Takes that when they go if they go into the Champions League next season, they don't go into the first group game with people saying you haven't won a home game for eleven years in the Champions League. Just it's important. It's important for the guys that are in the squad to go and win a game in the Champions League. The ones who are going to be there next year. So that's a big game too. Whether, whether they're out or not, it's got it's a big game in its own right for sorting a few things out and putting a few things to bed. So it's a really important period and it's an exciting period. Now these are you want you want to see games that matter all the time and they're going to come thick and fast between now and I think it's January the 2 is the break so it's just yep. constant isn't it every midweek bar one I think so, I think so right? I know every yeah, three should weeks be game. should be great busy yeah. well busy. I guess um, we'll see how it goes we'll watch this space but Sony yep. I think that more or less brings us to the end of today's record Celtic podcast uh, are you at McDermott Park at the weekend or I'm not I'm actually in London Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I've got some some time have, off. Have a, lovely, have a lovely time. I'll leave it in the esteemed hands of my colleague Fraser Wilson, who was with me in Rome. I'll take <laughs> care of that on Sunday. Um, have a good time in London, and for everyone listening, thanks very much. We'll be back next week. Cheers. <laughs>